0: Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Riddle, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. If you're a freelancer, you work remotely, or have another career situation that has you working from home, you know it can be extremely lonely. Sure, it's got its perks, and I will admit that, but it can also be extremely isolating. While all your friends are grabbing drinks with their colleagues and playing on their work frisbee team, sometimes as a solopreneur, solopreneur we're left wondering, why do we feel a sense of not belonging? Or why am I feeling lonely? Enter co-working, working alone, together, whatever you want to call it, shared workspaces. It's something that I began doing about four years ago when it first became a possibility in Toronto, where I live, with some of the very first few spaces that popped up. And since then, it's become a completely normal concept around the city and around the world. And it's certainly helped millions of freelancers, solo entrepreneurs, and startup businesses to shift their work environment from their kitchen table or an overcrowded coffee shop to a more sophisticated space with reliable Wi-Fi, ergonomic chairs that don't kill your back, and an unlimited drip of coffee, which is really important for me. And it's awesome to call others your coworkers, even when you don't technically have any. Today's show features a conversation with Rachel Kelly, the founder of a co-working space in Toronto called Make Lemonade. Make Lemonade is a design-forward co-working environment where the coffee is strong, the lighting is bright, and phone calls can be made without worrying who might be making a racket beside you. And if you're not getting that, it's usually when you're in a coffee shop trying to make business calls doesn't usually go so well. Make Lemonade is committed to treating all people with respect, dignity, and fairness, and they welcome a variety of backgrounds. They're LGBTQ, friendly, and encourage everyone to just be themselves, which I adore about what Rachel has created. I was connected to Rachel through a mutual friend, and as someone who is obsessed with co-working, I knew I needed to get Rachel on the podcast to have her share her journey of how she dreamed up, created, and launched this wonderful space. Co-working has radically shifted my own life and my business, and I know it will change yours too if you ever decide to explore it. Rachel and I had so much in common and I really did find myself nodding along. Yes, 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 this entire interview. We recorded this really late on a Monday evening back in February. And for both of us, it was actually kind of past our bedtime. And so I'm sure that will not shine through. But if we stumble upon our words, maybe that's why. Um, But it was honestly a true pleasure to hear Rachel's story. She's so bubbly, fun, inspiring, had such a strong vision. And I know you'll get so much out of this episode. Before I tell you where you can find Make Lemonade Online, I did want to share just a quick reminder that if you're in Toronto, if you live within an hour or two hours of the city, I would love to have you be part of my one-day visionary life retreat. Uh, We're hosting this on Sunday, April 14th, so it is coming up pretty fast, and tickets are over 60% sold out, and we are really focusing on learning the tools necessary to live and lead our own most visionary lives. We're starting off with an incredible connection exercise. So the moment you walk in the door, you're going to feel connected to someone else in that room. So please do not hesitate to come alone. Then we're going to talk all about some key visionary success principles One of them being something I'm so passionate about, which is taking ownership over everything in your life and in your business. And then in the first 90 minutes of the day, we're going to go into a lot of how we achieve peak performance and optimal flow state as an entrepreneur. And I'm going to share a lot of tips around health and lifestyle. We're gonna have an incredible lunch. We've got some sponsors, one of them being my favorite kombucha brand, Tonica. I've got coffee for you, and I've got incredible other items coming in your swag bags. After lunch, we go full tilt with business and branding. And I'm talking a lot about is social media really still where you need to be spending your time? How is the industry changing? What marketing efforts should you be keeping up with? How do you build a brand with longevity? Okay, so we've got so much cool stuff. I'm going to end the day with a really neat exercise from one of my past clients who is a meditation teacher and an NLP practitioner, and then you'll walk out with your swag bags. And in the meantime, you're also going to be taking tons of cool photos in this beautiful space. If you haven't seen it, head to KelseyRiedel.com slash retreat or tap the link in my Instagram bio. Again, tickets are selling out fast, so please grab yours, and I cannot wait to see you and spend the day with you on Sunday, April 14th. So back to this week's episode with Rachel. If you want to check out Make Lemonade, please go find them online at makelemonade.ca. They've got Side Hustle Sundays, so even if you don't have a business you or you're not looking for a co-working space full-time, you can head to Make Lemonade on a Sunday and work with other people who are building their passion projects, um, their part-time businesses, trying to escape their nine-to-five, uh, or you could... Head over to 326 Adelaide Street West if you are in Toronto, pay them a visit, let them know that the Visionary Life podcast sent you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you at the end of the show. All right, Rachel, welcome to the Visionary Life podcast. I'm super excited to have you here and to chat all things Make Lemonade today. Thanks for having me. So I want the listeners to just get to know you a little bit better. So we'll start with some rapid fire so you can say whatever comes to mind. Cool. Where did you grow up? Burlington, Ontario. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not too far from here. Mm -hmm. What's one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable?
1: I guess brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the one thing. People always say that (laughs) and then they're like,
0: but if you don't want a logical
1: answer, (laughs) I'm
0: like, whatever comes to mind. Um, When you're on your laptop and you open a web browser, Mm. where is the first place you normally go? Google.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Google or Gmail.
0: Same. (laughs) (laughs) What's the go-to meal that you cook or take out on a busy evening?
1: Yeah, it's uh, pasta, butter, and freshly grated Parmesan. So simple, but so
0: good. And now I'm like hungry. It's my
1: favorite. (laughs)
0: Uh, What's the best part about owning a business?
1: Um, I think that everyday is totally different and at the end of the day when I'm really stressed, I remind myself that I am in complete control of everything.
0: Mm, so true. And one fun
1: question, why is co-working awesome? Because you get to meet cool people all the time. And I think co-working is like a true definition and solution to having a completely remote lifestyle, mm-hmm. if you please.
0: Yeah, it's something that I discovered a few years ago and it totally changed my life because as much as I enjoy a home office day, mm-hmm. I don't want to be home office five days a week or yeah. seven days a week. I just love the opportunity to get out and to be social. Um, even though I don't have that typical corporate nine-to-five social life. so mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to zoom the lens back a little bit and chat about your life before Make Lemonade. So what was your career path, say, in the five years leading up to launching your business? Cool.
1: Um, okay, so I studied new media at Ryerson, and it was the kind of program that uh, when you're at family, friend. Christmas parties or whatnot, people always ask what that is. So I used to lie a lot of the time and say (laughs) I was, like, studying photography. One time I joked that I was studying to be a doctor. It was just, like, anything to explain what I was doing. Um, But the program was really cool. It it kind of in, like, the most basic terms, it was teaching you how to use – Um, technology to create art. Um, But what I realized pretty quickly in that program was that I didn't really identify as being an artist. I like to be more of like seeing the bigger picture. And so then I kind of focused more on the curation side. So when I graduated, I immediately got a job at a a conference and event planning company. Um, I also started working at TIFF during their festival. And I I was also working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment as their fan services representative. Busy. (laughs) I was very busy, but I've always been kind of obsessed with um, maybe making sure that I was financially secure so I could do other fun things. So um, I worked a lot. I also traveled a lot. So I took a lot of, um, I I took some pretty cool backpacking trips. I went to South America for a little while. I went to Thailand and Australia. And I remember when I came back from one of those trips, um, I got a job for a travel magazine, and I've always kind of defined myself as this person where I'm like, if you'll pay me to do it, I'll figure out how to do it. Like, Google is my key for everything. So I started working for this travel magazine, and I, I actually Offered to volunteer, and then they gave me a paid position because it just they needed they needed somebody. Um, so my role there was to make sure that people were coming to their travel expos, and then I started helping them a little bit with social media. And I took I think I another trip, and decided I didn't want to work there anymore. Um, actually, I took a trip to to Tanzania um, because this by this time I was twenty five, and uh, I had working for this travel magazine, their slogan was travel with purpose. And I felt that until that time, I was doing a lot of trips where it was like, go lie on a beach, or I just didn't really know what the point of doing it was. So I wanted to do something where I was really kind of I was working towards something and I wanted to give back as well. So Mm -hmm. I made it my goal to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So I did that. You did. Yeah, I did that. (laughs) And that was really cool. Um, And then I did some volunteering in Zanzibar as well. And I was just really proud of myself for just kind of getting completely out of my comfort zone and and doing something totally different. So when I came back, I think I was like really lost, um, to say the least. And I actually found myself uh, volunteering at a a co-working space downtown, which is the Center for Social Innovation. And from there, I was volunteering and kind of just working some random things, like just the yes girl to saying yes Mm -hmm. to any way people would pay me. So I did a bit of like uh, social media and it just was kind of this long, weird spiral i worked at a restaurant i I worked at a brewery for a while too um i just kind of said yes to everything and then what ended up happening is i i found myself working for this advertising agency for a while as a freelancer and i guess during this kind of time I uh, and I feel like my story isn't completely linear, linear. But when I was working for the travel magazine, I was working remotely, so that was my first time like understanding that you don't need to work in an office. So, flash forward, the trip has happened. I'm at the co-working space, and um, I realized then. I also realize I'm talking so much. No, <laughs> I we want the your point. full story. <laughs> yeah, this is your podcast. <laughs> Nobody
0: wants to hear from me anymore.
1: <laughs> so I'm working at this, uh, at the co-working space and I'm working for the agency. And um, they offer me a full-time position. This is after I've been with them for about eight months. And this is the first time in my life I've ever been offered a salary. Up until this point, I was scraping by. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is everything I need to do it. It was a bit freaky because it was like so much commitment. I'd always been contract forever. But I was like, nope, I need to take it. Let's let's do something. So I bought a couch. I thought this is going to be like my path to adulthood. (laughs) Let's just like put some roots down, buy a couch. Um, And then a day before the job was scheduled to start, they were like, never mind, can you continue freelancing for us? And at that point, it kind of felt like a record rip in my life because I really felt like this I I was on a path to to doing something. Um, And I was bitter for maybe about a week and then realized, you know, there's no point in being upset with them. Um, I can try as as much as I wanted to, to try and set it right, but this was more of a time for me to reflect and figure out what was I really doing with my life. Um, And I had known for so long I wanted to create something for myself. I just, I had never known what it was. But as I reflected, I thought about what do I really like about how I'm living my life and what don't I like and where are the things that frustrate me? And for the longest time, I remember when I was freelancing, or working from coffee shops was that i was so frustrated with like battling for good wi-fi and i hated working from a wobbly table and even when i worked from home i was so lonely and i just wanted a space where i could um find a community and be inspired in a place like i was always so inspired by different coffee shops and loved all the cool design but they just weren't practical for for co-working which is that's not their main purpose Mm so I kind of just started writing all this out. And I kind of just asked myself at this point, you know, if not now, when? And life has obviously given you a lemon, so you have to make lemonade out of it. And from there, I decided to kind of go full steam ahead. I got a big piece of paper and started writing down all my ideas. And slowly my living room started to transform. And kind of the hilarious thing is that nothing changed in my life. I ended up continue freelancing for that company because I wanted to just keep making money from them. Um, but the only thing that changed is that I finally had a spark and a bit of like a mission and a something driving me to like, this is, this is where I want things to go. Um, so that happened in October of 2016. And by September, 2017, I opened the doors to make lemonade.
0: Hmm. Wow. So much to go back on there. (laughs) It's funny because a lot of what you are saying, I'm also nodding along Mm -hmm. with like the, there's just so many points in your story that Mm -hmm. I think are very relatable that, um, first of all, you were able to address a pain point in your own life Mm -hmm. and somehow decide to make that into a business, which I think is very inspiring, Um, And maybe you didn't even realize it at the time, like, hey, it's not reliable to work out of coffee shops or the Wi-Fi isn't always great, or my back hurts when I sit (laughs) at these tables. But as you start to really tune into that, it's like, well, maybe I could create something that actually addresses that. And I think many of us, we kind of just tune out our own curiosity. Mm -hmm. But if you really start to walk around more consciously and start to realize like, what are the things in my day that don't go as well as they should. And is there any way I could infuse my own life experience to make that yeah, fix it, right? Um, so I think that's really cool. Now, I want to go back to you writing out all your ideas <laughs> on paper, because I think that's such an important step. Where a lot of people get hung up is they have all the ideas, but they never get it out of their head mm-hmm. and onto paper or mm-hmm. into a Google document. So. Was that always something that you were really good at, like translating ideas into action? Or what sparked this to want to like finally get everything out onto paper?
1: You know, I think it was that I, first of all, I've never really been good at that. Um, I know I've always been scrappy, but I think it was just, I was so desperate. I was just looking for something and for finally something to like ignite I was like, I have to run with this. And there was also the this other reminder in the back of my head. I was like, you don't have to go full steam with this, but you may as well try, you can just do this. And the nice thing is, is that when I was looking for an office space, that was um, that was like a seven month process. So it wasn't until I actually signed the lease for an office space that anything got real. So that was a long time to experiment and decide, am I going to do this? Am I going to move forward? Um, at that time, too, I also just started – I think Girl Boss, that book, had come out at that time, too, so I read that and just was so inspired by other women and other cool people who – I just started something from completely nothing, and it's just it, – the other thing that was really protecting me is that I started our Instagram page around that same time and just thought, okay, let's just explore and let's just see what can happen. And I was anonymous the entire time. It was just make lemonade. None of my friends knew. And I was testing things to see if people would like it because they liked it and they didn't like me. And um, it was really funny one time when my friend was like, you should follow this account. I feel like you would really like it. I'm like, it's me, ha ha ha. Um, Was this before you had a space? Absolutely. So you almost used
0: this as like proof of concept, like people are liking what I'm putting out there. Yeah. And see, I I love that about you because I think that that's what more people need to do is take those baby action steps, whether it's starting an Instagram Hmm. account, throwing up a website, asking someone for coffee. Just to basically validate your idea in some micro way. But you have to do something, right? You have to create a little piece of what you envision. Mm -hmm.
1: And I found what I had been doing for so much of my life was I was – physically challenging myself by taking myself to a different country or climbing a mountain or doing something where it's like you could sign up for this tour and do it and yes that was all uncomfortable but I was exercising a different part of myself that was very very uncomfortable and I I had never tested before. Mm
0: -hmm. And so it took you about a year Mm -hmm. from getting the idea to Mm -hmm. actually having the space right you kind of said October 2016 to September 2017. Mm -hmm. So during that year, were things moving quickly? Was this more something you did on the side and then until you found the space, then it ramped up? Like walk us through what did that year even look like for you?
1: It was a very weird, weird year of my life. Um, I'm very fortunate that my parents had run, successfully run their own company for 33 years. So they were the first people I told and just could bounce ideas off of them all the time. And they kind of helped me kind of set up figure out some of the logistic things. Um the slowest part of all of this was really looking like finding an office space. It took so long and that's because Toronto real estate is very very aggressive. You need to be ready to do things right away. I was my my agent was showing me spaces Um, 24 hours before and then 24 hours later he's like never mind it's already taken I'm like oh my god like I don't know if I need this this size or that size so he was really great um, for just going really slowly with me and then sometimes I feel like things really ramped up so basically it was like yes I want to do this idea let's scratch it all out I started figuring out this is how much things cost um, it was nice to have a balance of being like, I'm still freelancing for this one company. So I would just try to get my, my stuff done really, really quickly. And then I would then just get, I got so nerdy about coworking and just understood what it was all about. And at this time I was still volunteering at the other co working space too. So I could just kind of ask and just kind of observe how things were happening. Um, then it was real estate, so I kind of figured out, okay, like let's let's work on the brand, let's test some other things out. How do people manage a co-working space? Um, I I I got in contact with another co-working space owner in Vancouver, so he gave me some tips. It was so funny. He was like, "What are you going to use for a management system?" I was like, Excel. Like. Wasn't that a good idea? He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I thought it would be a great idea.
0: So what did you end up using instead? Um,
1: well, I use this other program, and now we're over to another program. Okay. And the general consensus is with coworking is that you will never be 100% happy with whatever system you use. Yeah. Um, So then, I I like all of it feels like a blur. The other thing that was really, it felt like a chicken before the egg is that a family friend of, or yeah, I guess a family friend of mine, he had just, finish architecture school so and he did his thesis on co-working spaces so he helped me design the the office but it was really like I want to design this space I don't know where it is but the tricky thing is is when you do sign a lease all of a sudden it's like it's go time and you you're gonna have to start paying rent like before you know it but you you got to pay rent but you need the design and it just was so hard to figure out when to start so I feel like that time was so weird because there was a lot of pushing and then it was waning And then uh, when we finally got the space, we got the keys, we had contractors and I feel like I've worked with like the worst contractors in the city. Um, It was just an awful, awful experience. Um, and I spent basically two months in the summer of 2017 um, with my mom, my dad and I and random Instagram strangers who help paint and do odd jobs for me. And I I inhaled all these different fumes and chemicals of, you know, making this space. I think I shaved off like a solid 10 years of my life renovating this <laughs> space learning all sorts of things. So it really was like blood, sweat and tears um, to get the space looking the way it did. And then all of a sudden it was like September is here, it's time to open. And uh, it was just, it, it came so quickly all of a sudden when it was time to open. So were
0: you really managing all the parts or had you brought on help at this point? Like of course you had your parents to kind of rely on and I'm sure they supported you. But were you kind of managing the contractors? You were trying to come up with the systems you were going to use. Get your first
1: members. Like 100%. I you're was doing everyone. it all. you wearing every hat. I wore all of the hats. And I feel like maybe this is the kind of podcast I can share this. But also two days before I was supposed to open, I had to have a colonoscopy. <laughs> Great timing. So I, was, I remember like so clearly I was drinking Gatorade while talking to the contractors and being like, one minute, I just need to go to the bathroom. Because I had to prep for this colonoscopy. Oh my god! And after the operation, they tell you like, take it easy, don't make any big decisions, uh, go to bed early. I made all these decisions, signed all these contracts that night. I went to bed at midnight. It was just like all like all the last minute renos, all these big decisions changed. I didn't go to bed until four four a.m. because somebody was working, and he sent me a text oh being gosh. like, "We're done," and then I could fall asleep and. <sighs> It was like, it just, but the the one artist who was painting there, um, she said to me, you know, like because I told her what was happening and she's like, well, you know, when you start a business, you got to start with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I started make lemonade very clean. Mm-hmm. And it
0: <laughs> honestly, it's just like a metaphor for how the business is going to go. Like yeah. there's going to be times when you are slammed and life just picks up at the yeah. same time business is going to do the same and somehow you find balance through Mm -hmm. it all even when it doesn't seem like there's enough hours in the day and I think that testing your resilience in the early days was probably one of the best things because it showed that you could get through anything no matter what was thrown at you
1: absolutely I told myself so many times during that period was that you know this is a hard decision but this will not be the hardest decision you have to deal with Mm -hmm. and then I would just (laughs) a or b yeah let's just choose one i think
0: anyone who's listening to the podcast (laughs) thinking about getting into their own business or maybe starting to build out an idea just make sure you have thick skin and that you are resilient because people are going to say things you don't like they're going to not be on the same schedule as you it's always going to be a challenge and you Mm -hmm. need to be able to overcome them and rise stronger the next day (laughs) so it's definitely a good skill to have (laughs) now i want to focus a little bit before we keep chatting about the trajectory on the branding and just how stunning your website is and you said you started the instagram in the early days so was that always really clear to you like was that one of the core pieces or how did you have to hire someone to do that Mm -hmm. i think people are always curious when they see such a beautifully put Mm -hmm. together brand how it was created
1: Um, I wish I could say I hired someone, but I kind of just fumbled my way through and figured it out. I feel like that's such a, like, pathetic answer. That was a good answer. I started on Instagram, and if you scroll back to the very beginning, and that's something I did a lot, was I would scroll back to all these accounts that I really liked um, and would just go right from the beginning and see how they started. And it just kind of, you know brought it back down to reality and i'd like to say that like at that time too i was i was heavily on instagram as i think all a lot of us are um and i there was something that switched where i was like if i'm going to be on here let's do something productive with it so it was kind of like a case study and i just wanted to see like what are people gonna like and how are they gonna react it was a bit of a test and i started to get to a point where i'm like i know that they're gonna like this i know this is gonna Mm -hmm. happen and with like slowly with that, like the brand started to develop. And when I built the web page or the website I started on Squarespace was just what I was most comfortable with. I'm not like a crazy graphic designer, so I kept with like basic colors and icons. I worked with a graphic designer to just create like a, a vector image of all these cool different designs so I could pick and choose. I can fumble my way through Illustrator and, and everything. Um, but when it comes to very complex things, I'm like, no. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to borrow images and always credit the artists. Let's try to make sure that they're Toronto based so I can start building a community. It was just like, I used my weaknesses like it, to kind of my, my strengths as yeah. well. Um, and so the brand kind of just came together really beautifully. So when I was building the web page, like that's when it all came together. I'm saying webpage, like, web page, like like I sound like a dad. <laughs> I know, the I like it's called a website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> web page is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so has your website evolved then since the first iteration um, because right now it looks yeah. like somebody who is very skilled <laughs> built it. I was just on it earlier and I was like this is a beautiful website. <laughs>
1: Um, It's evolved a little bit like some things have changed some maybe some things that are like this wording didn't really make sense or kind of just making sure that the whole point of a website is to get people to do the thing you want to do so we have day passes so making it really clear how you can buy a day pass there's some things that still need to be tweaked but um, a lot like a lot of the basics have still stayed the same. Mm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So
0: for someone who's never been to make lemonade before, could Mm -hmm. you like describe the experience of coming in and seeing it for the first time? Yeah. Uh, Maybe they live outside of Toronto and they'll never
1: make it. But I just want you to paint that picture. Like, what can we expect? Cool. Um, Okay. So we're on Adelaide Street and before it was only until like six months or even longer in you wouldn't even know where we were until we got a banner on the outside so now you can see a sign that says do the work and it's bright pink and yellow and that invites you into the building when you get into the actual building you're like i don't know if i'm in the right spot you press floor six like it's a pretty tiny elevator you're like i hope that it's the right place and then you open the door And it's kind of just like this, like, beautiful oasis. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) you kind of just, like, feel nice and bright and fresh. Um, There's always really good music playing. There's somebody who's going to greet you at the front desk. We have an amazing team of 10-plus volunteers who run the front desk now. Wow. Um, If you look to your left, there's a little indoor patio. So it's got astroturf and patio furniture. There's two real lemon trees there. There's a meeting room behind, and it's got this – tropical jungle um, wallpaper, and if you turn to your right, there's a sign that right now says she believes she can, so she does, which is actually being changed to we believe we can, so we do. And then there's a little lounge with a couch and um, some cool like coffee book tables. Uh, Then there's four tables that are all shared drop-in stations. There's a long bar. Then you can go into the kitchen. It's a retro kitchen. When you look down, there's a little note or reminder in the floor that says, be nice. You can get coffee or tea or lemonade. When you go into the back, when you pass like a wall of all these plants, you see all the dedicated desks for those who want to work there full time. There's two really fun phone booths. We have a, another meeting room. It's called the Squeeze, so there's a big lemon mural. And then on the one wall, there is a massive mural of a hand squishing a lemon. And then when you walk down the hall and you pop into the bathroom, you'll be able to sign your name or add some graffiti or positive affirmations on the bathroom stalls because the stalls are completely written over with people like writing positive quotes all the time. And then you are back to the front entrance. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I am losing my
0: mind. It (laughs) sounds absolutely amazing. And I just love how you've tied in things like the squeeze and all the (laughs) quotes. And it just sounds like a really, really cool space to work in. Because I think as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, it's easy to hit a wall sometimes. And that's why it's important to get out of your home and situate yourself in a space, whether it's a coffee shop or a co-working space that inspires you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to look around and see all that, I'm sure it's just that refresh that you need sometimes when you get stuck. Absolutely. So obviously there are also members inside that uh-huh. space. So, I mean, for anyone starting a business, I think one of the worries is like, how do I get those first few sales right before everyone knows about me and everyone's talking about Make Lemonade? Let's talk about, like, how did you get your first few members?
1: (laughs) So uh, I would just like to start by saying that the very first day I opened, I didn't even know how to make a sale. (laughs) A friend came in, was like, I'd love to, like, I want to buy a day pass. I was like, I don't know how to do this. Just work for free. Um, I did have eight members, and it was just completely lucky in the way everything worked. They were um, a team of eight that were transitioning from an office, and I got connected by another company. They weren't really like, um, they just needed a space. They weren't like, we need to come and work out of this thing. And it was just like, okay, this is gonna work. They actually rented out, their office was our jungle room. That was gonna be one of my big things. So it was was what it was. It was nice that, okay, at least there was some flow coming in, but in terms of finding members at the beginning, I was like, I don't know what the hell I am doing. The only, uh, not the only nice thing. The, the the really great thing is that I worked with, um, her name is Ashley, and she runs a small boutique um, PR company. And we had connected on Instagram months and months prior, so I had hired her to help me get the word out. So, on the first day, like heart, like one or two people came in. That night, my parents and I went out for dinner to the restaurant down below us. And a friend had texted me and was like, I saw the article on Blog TO. And I was like, what? And on, I went on, read the article, and it was talking about how the space was really cool. And then I went to Instagram and I kept refreshing and the numbers went up and up and up. And I think at this point we had 800 followers maybe, and that's like a year of me building the Instagram. And within one night, I think we grew by 200 members like on Instagram. So that was really cool. Um, But I'd also like to just let everybody know that all those Instagram followers, like, That was really great to make me feel good, but it was still, I still had to figure out how to convince people that this community that's just popped up out of nowhere was worth them spending their money and joining. So it took a long time to really like develop the community and and make it a place that makes sense. Like now it's this beautiful flourishing space where people come in and they know what it's is happening, but for a really long time, I used to feel like I had to be this entertainer and I would shuffle and work out of different spaces, uh, spaces of the, of the office mm-hmm. all day and be like, look, there's more people. And like, I was just like talking to everyone like, how's your day? Bring your dog, bring anybody like make it make it your space. And it just it took a long time for me to be like okay this this is actually working. So during that whole time I think I I don't think I ever exhaled. Like I was so tense from from the colonoscopy onwards, I was like a tense tense person and it took a long time to like be like this is okay, this is working now.
0: Mhm. Did you put in like long hours or did mm-hmm. you find balance or were you on 24/7? <laughs> Again, feeling that stress of not being able to breathe. And then how long did that last for?
1: Yeah, so um, that construction was crazy. And then when I opened, um, I very quickly, like, because of the press, um, there were so many emails coming in, like, all the time. And I didn't know how to manage all of that. My mom worked out of the office for a week when just kind of helped, and also just made me dinner, Aww. simple things like that. Because it's it's so it so quickly becomes out of control, or you forget to even go to the bathroom, um, which is still a problem of mine now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> reminders, now, I know.
1: But now it's a bit more of like a oh, this is a great idea. Let's keep going. Um, but uh, that lasted a long time and it kind of only got worse because I I said yes to so many things. So people like we were doing events. So I was working like easily 12 hour days and then going home just exhausted. Um, and that was September. And then what happened in November was that I had two deaths um, in my close circle, one of my family, one of my close friends. And then I was so overwhelmed with my relationship. So we, we broke up for a little bit um, and it just felt like everything in my life was completely on my shoulders. And I found myself going onto Facebook and feeling like the complete fraud and super unprofessional and asking anybody to run my business for a day. And it was amazing because then this one woman who I met through an event only through Make Lemonade, um, she offered to help. And it was just kind of like, I knew I could trust her. And I think that was the first time when I had to realize that this is a shared space and this is a space for other people to to um, join in and that if I just ask, people will help. And I have had to keep learning that lesson over and over again. Um, and I decided that even though maybe it didn't 100% make financial sense, I needed someone else to join the team. So I brought someone on in January and I haven't looked back since. Mm. So, that
0: person that you brought on, mm-hmm. did you know what you hired them for? Was it more <laughs> of just like a, you're going
1: to do everything as my assistant?
0: Or how did that look? Yeah,
1: I was really nervous at this time. Um, it was really great because I had a family friend who worked in HR. So I asked her for a lot of advice. I actually went over. <laughs> to her house and she explained to me how and how I should kind of conduct an interview process and by asking these questions these are the kind of answers I'm hopefully priming this person for um she really helped me be very clear about what I was looking for so that first role was just like it was from you need to help me figure out how to order toilet paper on a regular basis to hosting events that are going to attract a certain type of person. Um, it was everything. And that role has evolved so much. So I, I hired somebody named Ashley in January of 2018, and she's still with me. So when she started her role as the operations coordinator, and now she is the director of Good Vibes, basically meaning... She does a lot of great things, but she focuses on partnerships and events now. Mm, Wow,
0: that's so exciting. And Mm -hmm. it's so cool to see that you've really built this beyond yourself now. Mm -hmm. And you have not only members, but you have people supporting your vision Mm -hmm. as employees, as volunteers, and it really is a collective now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's got to be so rewarding to see that it is beyond your brain at this point. Yeah, that's super cool. So I want to move to kind of what a day in the life is like right now. <laughs> so is there a typical day or what is the typical nine to five, if you had to describe it for yeah. you at the moment?
1: You know, what's what's funny to me now is that I, I typically do work nine to five hours. Um, but, you know, there's some give and take, like I probably won't stroll into office until a bit later. I can leave earlier if I want, although my own personality means that I'm probably going to be there until like at least 7 p.m. Um, but my rule is is that I try not to take my laptop home like as much as possible so I, I succeed in that a lot um regular day is I still usually just check my emails I'm still doing a lot of the marketing um it could be anything to kind of checking okay the status of our event how how are ticket sales going um I always and I think this I'll just never, I'll never, ever be able to let this go is always just making sure that the space looks good, giving in general once over, even though we have other people who you can do that for us, too. It's just I think that's like it's my baby. I always will. Um, it can be some anything from we run an accelerator program. So checking in with our accelerator mentees um, to pitching to a new partner to sponsor our upcoming accelerator uh, we kind of just do everything and anything under the sun. Um, it's changing all the time. My day-to-day changes a lot, but only like I, I just we're just experimenting all the time and figuring out what makes sense. The most recent thing we did was figure out our standard operating procedures of this is how we do things, and that has kind of eliminated so much time and has just made things make a lot more sense. It took a long time to like figure community guidelines and our just our standards for a lot, um, but things just feel really good right now.
0: Yeah, good for you, and I'm sure that it's hard to even imagine what it was like before all those people could contribute mm-hmm. to the daily work that you have to do, so... I think that's really awesome. Yeah,
1: I cried a lot. <laughs> I feel like I'm crying like at least yeah. once a week with just
0: like the mayhem that happens in my business yeah. too. But I'm just reminding myself that I am human. It's okay to experience know. ups and downs, highs and lows as a business yeah. owner. And that's just coming with the territory at this <laughs> it point. It really does. Now, I want to know, is there a business tool or resource you feel like you couldn't live without to run Make Lemonade?
1: Absolutely. Um, the most... Basic thing is like the entire G universe, G Suite, Google, whatever. Google Drive, yeah. So we use Google Drive for everything. Um, I use Gmail like freakishly organized with my Gmail now. Um, I also use the calendar, the calendar like crazy. G Suite under the business thing is also amazing. Like that's how we list our business. When we're closed, when we're open, when we share what events are happening too. It's really great for ratings. And then I also use tasks under G Suite as well. I didn't even know they had that. Uh, It is so good. So you can plug that into your calendar Mm -hmm. as well. And you can have little things of this is what you need to do today. So it's really good for me to remember when I need to, when payroll is happening or we got a bill from someone but it doesn't happen in the normal bill cycle when do I need to pay them? Or I need to remember to go send this in the mail. Um, and that's really great. And you can get the app for it as well. And it can show up on right beside your, your uh email as well. Hmm. I really think that Google should hire me for something because I no love kidding. using all of their <laughs> You're like, I'm a walking advertisement for you. But I truly
0: could not live without my Google Drive too, mm-hmm. Gmail, mm-hmm. Google Sheets, Google yeah. Slides, everything. I'm like, if that ever got taken away from me, yeah. I couldn't run my business.
1: Yeah. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> everything <laughs> is there.
0: <laughs> um, what's been the most rewarding part of this journey?
1: Yeah. Huh. Um, I think it's been, I, I mean, I used to say, or jokingly say that opening Make Lemonade has been a very elaborate way to make friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, very elaborate. That's so true. <laughs> um, but I think that really, like, the people that I've met, like, that, that has hands down been the most rewarding thing because, because they all feed into my own personal self-development, too, of how I've turn out to be or how I make my decisions and who I ask advice for. And um, I think the the people I've met have just been absolutely incredible. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that is the amazing thing about starting to basically just speak more about what brings you joy and to share more of Mm -hmm. your vision with the world is that you start to attract those like-minded people and build a community. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible once you start... Talking more, the people who are listening, they want to be part of your tribe. And it's an amazing way just to reach a whole new network of people that you maybe otherwise never would have met.
1: It's so true. And I always find... um It's always so refreshing when new people come into the community, too. Mm -hmm. Like, where have you been hiding this whole
0: time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty because I haven't even been in yet, (laughs) and I've been hiding on your Instagram. Now, I want to know, too, if you only had one hour to market Make Lemonade per week, like you have one hour to devote to your marketing department, what would you do?
1: To my marketing? Say
0: you only had one hour to market your business. Like, oh would you gosh. use Instagram? Would you send emails out? Would you be out on one-on-one coffee dates? Would you be paying for Facebook ads? Oh my like,
1: gosh, this is such a tough question because I feel like I'm constantly testing and, and mm. trying to figure out what I'm doing all the time.
0: Yeah, okay. and it's always changing
1: too, It's of always, course. always changing. And I think this is this is my more recent thing is that I love Instagram because it's great. I think it, I love Instagram because it's great. I love Instagram because I can explore a bit more of a creative side. Yeah. But in terms of it being the biggest driver to our website, it definitely isn't. Um the thing I've been learning a lot more about is using Pinterest because it's this search engine and I think there's still ways that you can be creative with it. So, I think okay, for the next month, I will dedicate an hour each week to, to Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah
0: something that I've just added to my own strategy too Mm -hmm. and creating a lot of free downloads and sharing those and using a a Pinterest scheduling system but gosh it's a whole beast of its own it
1: really really is like I
0: could probably work a full-time job on my own Pinterest strategy but I don't have time for that I know I know (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) um okay so when you think about growth of Make Lemonade Do you kind of have plans to see this grow beyond what it is today, or Mm -hmm. are you really just in a spot of loving where you're at now and just marinating in that?
1: Yeah, um, it's a bit of both because I think, uh, you know, what's really hard about when you have a lot of press at the beginning is a lot of people come out of the woodwork, people that you know, and then people you have no idea who. So. It's really hard to kind of just trust what is right and what's not right. And you hear a lot of you should do this. You should do that. And it's so hard. It, was, it took me a long time to figure out my own inner should. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of ideas about the different ways that things can go. But for this year, specifically for 2019, I am so so focused on making what we have right now work. I just want what's going on here work so so well. Instead of spreading myself thin and getting excited about all these other things, when you know the main mission still needs to to make sense. Mm.
0: That's such a good, mm-hmm. I think, reminder, too. It's like, why not focus on what you have and really refine that yeah. until it's a well-oiled machine? It's like when I work with clients who maybe they have a couple digital courses that they sell, and they're constantly wanting to try and create new things, and they've got this other business idea, and then they want to sell a product. And I'm like, yeah, but what about those two courses that you've created? Like, yeah. why aren't you marketing those? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, like maybe <laughs> I should, yeah, focus on I what I have it's like yes simplify yeah. don't complicate all it's the it's so time, true so. and it's so
1: easy to kind of like set and forget and be like oh I posted this thing that's it but there's so much that can happen with it mm-hmm. and um sometimes I I wonder too it's like when I get all these other ideas or I'm like oh I should do this or do that it's me kind of just realizing that you know you kind of get stuck in a rut of you are doing your job, you go home and you go and sleep and repeat and that's it. And so sometimes me wanting to do different things with make lemonade is actually just my own inner calling to do other things with yeah. my life. Like, yeah, go for a run or go to the movies or do something with your friends or go away for a weekend or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Just like exploring other things. And it doesn't always have to be the business. Mm-hmm. I think as business
0: owners and as visionary minds sometimes, though, we always want to channel that energy into work. Yeah. And it's almost important to bring yourself back to, oh, I do need to work on my social life or my health. And Mm -hmm. that can feel a little more challenging sometimes. Absolutely, Maybe our default is to improve our business, and that's okay. But to a certain extent, you also have to have other areas of your life that you're working through. Oh,
1: for sure. I I kind of realized for a long time that I was – avoiding being alone. Mm. Even if I was in the office after everybody, I would find I would like obsessively clean all these things. And then I would come home super late and then eat something quickly and then go to bed. And it was like, you're avoiding all this time, this precious time for just yourself. I've
0: totally been there. I can get it. Okay, so let's get into our final question that we ask all our guests. So for someone listening, and I hear it all the time, people reach out and they say, I would love to start a side hustle or a passion project, or I would love to get in business for myself, but I have no idea where to begin. What would you tell that person?
1: Um, I think there would be a couple of things. One, grab a book. Look on Instagram, find someone who inspires you and hear about their story. Learn how things started. Um, I would say just start writing down ideas and remind yourself that everything you can imagine is real. And you can just that, – that's not my quote. That's Pablo Picasso's. I like it. <laughs> um, and I i would say just experiment. And it doesn't have to be these big, scary things. You can just take baby steps. And then I would say come to Side Hustle Sunday because we host that once a month at Make Lemonade. Cool. For anyone who's working a 9 to 5 but wants to exper- experience Make Lemonade. We're open one Sunday every month, and you can meet some other people who are working on cool cool side hustles.
0: Ooh, what a great idea. I <laughs> love that name, Side Hustle Sunday. Yeah. And I think you're right. For I know most of the people who listen are working 9 to 5, so maybe, yeah, coming to a place like Make Lemonade on a Sunday to channel that energy and to really build something bigger for yourself, or at least start that side hustle, probably meet some really cool people who can support you in that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So... That was awesome. I feel like I could talk to you all day. If people want to learn more about Make Lemonade, though, or Mm -hmm. learn more about the story or where they can uh, find you, where
1: should they go? They can go to makelemonade.ca or visit us at Co on Instagram. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Rachel, thank you so much for
0: being on the Visionary Life Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll have to come to the space very soon. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or in our secret Facebook community, just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Riddle on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRiedel.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you.